Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me podcast. This is your host, Kali Adams. This is episode 122. I am joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, that guy from the other side of Chicago, Cicero. You took the last strawberry cupcake, Holmes. How are you, sir? Cupcake Gate is still alive. I, I'm eating European chicken. What? Yes. Okay. That is, that is a thing. All right. Fine. Uh, that man it's got mad, mad seasoning, son. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the best thing in this world is seasoning. Um, I want to give a massive love to my brother from another mother, who is that man who makes gaming looks good, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? I'm good, man, but I don't have this international flavor, man. I'm just eating pizza, which is American-style pizza, so I, I, I wouldn't right. even give Italy credit for the kind of pizza that we eat here. Uh, you have to get like DiGiorno then. No, I mean, I, that's like what? that's like a that's like Italian. Man, pizza. I mean, sh- you know, you know that, I right? mean pizza with like macaroni on it. And all oh, you you went to like Ian's? Yeah. yeah, you went to Ian's. Shout out, yes. shout out to Ian's. Shout out to Ian's. Rated the best pizza in the entire state of Wisconsin. And they're not sponsoring us, so thanks. Um, yeah, right, basically. But yeah. <laughs> but it it is very good. I just feel bad about calling it pizza. Like it's kind of like calling like, uh, like a Chinese food, like Chinese food, you know, like it's, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, okay. So wait, since we're all New Yorkers or yes. we're East coasters by, by trade, um, you know that there are certain foods that are just done better on the East coast. So I know out here yes. we have terrible bagels and really bad pizza. Yes. Is it, is that the case in Chicago and, and uh, Milwaukee? It, so, yeah, go ahead, Reef. Go I ahead, will Reef. say in my travels, and I've done quite a bit of business travel around the bagels are bad outside of the tri-state area. I will oh, say. Okay. Well, no, Boston is not that bad. But in general, bagels are bad once you get out of the colonies, I guess. Right. right. <laughs> out, of, out of the first 13. <laughs> the, you know, I'm saying. Shitty. Uh, you know, just just like our sister was talking about manifest destiny with uh, with uh, the show. You know, once once you get your manifest destiny on and start moving westward, like the bagels decrease in quality. Yeah. Um, See. Uh, yeah. So I, the bagels here, um, by and large, are bad. Uh, there are a couple of places that claim to bust their or ship their water from New York, um, and those bagels are better. Um, but they're still not like, you know, bagels from home. I will say the other thing is Chicagoland area. You guys need to go to New York and learn how to make Chinese food. Um, the fried rice here, it took a lot <laughs> just, of getting used fried to. rice. But it's not, though. It's it's there's something. So, you know what? You know what happens here that I, I learned um, relatively recently is that MSG is still a thing in Illinois. Yeah, it's good for you. Well, like, not like, high levels of it, though. <laughs> that's wrong, yo. That's wrong. MSG, MSG is good for you. MSG is good for your bones. I, I, oh, yeah? I'm just saying, is, yeah. is there also, like, a lead in the paint there, too? Like, what the hell? I mean, there might be. There might just, be. There might be. There might be lead in the paint. Arsenic all and, over the uh, building. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> they just yeah. they just feed you straight, just right. straight, straight asbestos with your pizza. Mm-hmm. Just you just pour it on your food. Just yep. like here's some asbestos. There yep. you go. You know that's that's what it keeps it from burning. So, <laughs> <laughs> all the pizzas are perfectly cooked. <laughs> just, oh my god! <laughs> they taste anyway. a little filmy. 
<laughs> ew, <laughs> ew. Anyway, um, we had a freaking amazing E3. Yes, yes. I I can't front Bracago. I'm I'm still on the high of being at E3 this year. Had my boys in tow. They were doing their work. Man, Cicero was doing this thing, running around like a madman, getting dope interviews. Reef was holding down the fort at home, doing the doing the recaps and killing it on that side. I'm really, really happy with the the amount of content that we were able to put out and the quality of stuff that we were able to get out during during E3 week. It was so dope to see. Um, Reef, I know, I know you had some thoughts about some of that stuff too. Yeah, I mean, I basically felt like the lazy like military commander that just sends drones out from a computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> Except I had two old black curmudgeon drones from New York that I sent out <laughs> on my screen. And they landed in Los Angeles um, and they proceeded to do some awesome interviews. Um, I'm really glad that, you know, I, I know that when, like, we were looking at the metrics and stuff, like, we were getting downloads on all the episodes, even though, like, we were we were releasing them, like, every day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, all, yeah. Up until the end of the week, um, of, of the weekend, really. Um, right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it felt good um, to be able to cover it from here. I mean, I definitely wish that, like, I was there. Um, but it was good because I, I did find that, you know, I had more of a sense of, the overall, um, you know, buzz of the show because like you guys were like running around from appointment to appointment and, and like mm-hmm. trying to get into the big thing. So um, I'm really glad that that like that like that like I was able to help from uh, that point. Um, and, and of course, someone had to discuss the uh, Nintendo stuff as well. So um, so um, so I'm shout- <laughs> so, so uh, shout shout out to to uh, Moises for uh, joining me on that. Uh, Yes. on that podcast because yeah. it's pretty dope yeah, yeah. Shout, out, shout out to moises just in general for really holding it down putting up all the content for us during the during the week that we were there it was it, it does it does uh bear noting that it is a thankless job sometimes when you are the station manager trying to get all that stuff up when people are like i just threw you like 14 different files <laughs> of of audio so so moises thank you so much for for rocking with us and like making sure that all that stuff was up and timely and and out there see yeah. i know this was your first e3 on the ground yeah i know that you had a bunch of different thoughts about you know your first time being there we talked a little bit about it on the gamer tag radio episode but right. now that you're home again yes. what, what are some of the thoughts that you have about your first e3 First and foremost is it feels so good to be back home in Bracago. Um nice. but but uh I I will say that um you know going to E3 was uh, you always dream about going and I've I've got to say that it it far exceeded what I thought it would be in terms of the experience and how I felt about it after leaving. Cool. Um it it is it is both overwhelming and and at the same time when you know at first it was overwhelming but then it was like right into work so there wasn't i didn't really have a lot of time to be overwhelmed by by the whole experience but the experience itself was was crazy 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 good from the you know from going to the media briefings um to actually being on the show floor and then running into people Anecdotally, I'll tell I'll tell this story. So over the weekend, I was doing a lot of stuff for EA with EA Play for uh, both both uh, Spawn on Me stuff that we actually were uh, able to to use on uh, Spawn on Me, but also for Operation Sports. 
And uh, so Tuesday at like one o'clock was my first time actually getting to E3, the L.A. Convention Center. So this was my E3 experience, my first 20 minutes of E3. I go into the convention center. I'm going up the escalator. Coming down the escalator is uh, IGN's Marty Sleva, who is a Milwaukee uh, Milwaukee resident. Uh, so I say hi to Marty. He's going down the escalator, and he says hello. I'm going up. Then I walk 20 feet. I run into Cliffy B. I take a picture with Cliffy B. Um, we talk for a quick second. He talks about how he's fucking he's fucking hungry and he needs to go to the <laughs> to the taco truck, um, to the food truck. And I let him go. Uh, then I walk another ten feet, run into Adam Boys of Sony Entertainment. Uh, sit and talk to Adam Boys really quickly, and uh, and you know we have a good conversation. And then leave him. I go to the bathroom. I run into Peter Toledo of Gamertag Radio. Pete, we got to get you on the show real soon. Um, he and I are going to go into the show floor. We're walking towards the show floor. I run into Tim Schaefer. And so I stop to talk to Tim Schaefer <laughs> for, for a quick second. And then I turn around. Pete's gone. Right. <laughs> so I, I walk into I walk into the West Hall. Um I, I run, I walk right around the corner and run into Chicago resident Colin Moriarty. Uh, give him a hug, dap him up, say hello. And, and then I walk around one more corner and I run into IGN, uh, IGN host and personality Max Scoville. So this is, this was literally 20 minutes, my first 20 minutes in the E3. So, like, I mean, just just from that perspective alone, you're like, holy shit, um, this is crazy. Being being fans of all of these people and, you know, knowing their work intimately and actually being able to share the same air with them and and uh, shake their hands and talk to them and network with them, um, which is believe you me is what I was doing was just unbelievable. And the entire week was just like that. Yeah, it's it's craziness beyond craziness. And it's the the cool part about some of this stuff, especially for me, is like I've been to a couple of these now and it's not like I'm trying to be like, I'm a veteran of the gaming industry and I know what I'm doing. I don't. <laughs> I'm still just as hyped about seeing certain people and running up on folks and giving them cards and talking about how much I love their work. But it was especially nice to kind of share that to share that experience with Cicero and like be weirdly i'm gonna put my air quotes up like the proud <laughs> podcast papa right and like see and like see him kind of get excited about going and seeing and running up on these people where it's like usually i'm i'm running around doing that stuff and i was like nah go over there and go give that dude a card like run over there and go talk to that dude and it was great it was like one of those things of like i know when uh we get into it next year and reef is with us then it'll right. be even more dope because then we'll just uh, we'll get to kind of relive that experience through reef as well too so it's gonna be it's gonna be real dope even next year i'm like yeah. already excited and thinking about it and thinking about like how we're gonna make moves for next year so yeah <laughs> it was it was a phenomenal show yeah, yeah and even though this technically is not you two first guys your first time that like you two met i would think it's kind of like the first time you guys are really working something for an extended period of time so i would right. so i would think that that experience was still new right yeah like like the hard part is for well for me is how much do i 
how much control do I kind of give up in that way, which is good. Because I like the reason that it's great for everybody to be there is like we can hit more things and we can talk mm-hmm. to more people and we can do more stuff. But it's also like a weird thing of like I have my own rhythm and C has his own rhythm and I have to remember that C has his own rhythm. Right. And that's a good thing that C has his own rhythm because I can see in the conversations that we have with people and just the way that we work off each other that he fills gaps that I have. Mm-hmm. So it's great. It's great to, to have that balance there. And also... It's one of those weird things where it's just like, I want him to have fun during his first E3 too. Like it's hard work and it's a lot of busting ass, right. but it's your first E3. You want to have fun the first right. time because you don't want it to be a gross experience of like, I was humping it all day and trying to figure out how to do all the stuff and like have people on my ass about do this, do this, do this, which is well, the, me, the, which is me usually when I'm <laughs> with anybody, but right. it's like that where I'm just like, I want you to have fun, but also like we, 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 we bust ass. Right. Well, the weird thing for me is that I... I thrive in that. You know, I love networking. I mm-hmm. love talking to people and getting to know people and, and uh, getting to meet people, introducing myself to them and having them get to know me as I'm getting to know them. So um, the the hump, the grind, it was, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot of walking. They were really long days. Every day we were up at, you know, before six o'clock. Um, and I didn't get to bed before one o'clock any of the days. Yeah. Um, from you know from Sunday on. Yeah. And and uh, and you know so they're really really long days, but I loved every single second of it. It was it, they were fantastic. I think the beauty of it, at least from from my standpoint of this of that past week, yeah. is just I'm so happy to have y'all on my team, man. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. we have a dope fucking team. Yes, dude. we do. We, we do. have a good squad people really enjoy our work and it's nice Bricago out there you know again this is this is fun for us and this is great for us it's work but we really want to bring you the best content that absolutely we can. yeah absolutely. we want to make sure that when you listen to our show we're not wasting your time right. we want to make sure that you're getting some of the most exclusive best content that you can get right. and also that you know we're building bridges to ourselves <clears throat> to ourselves and to and to you guys at home uh, who listen to us every week so right. you know it's it's just a matter of like building upon building. It's the Jenga <laughs> that keeps yeah, it all together and keeps absolutely, it moving. Absolutely, we we won't tumble uh, for Bricago. It really, I mean, seriously, um, the the thing that that kept driving it was the fact that um, I know for myself and I know for Ka, uh, you know, we've been doing this for for you know for way too long. We we love each other. Um, we love this show and we love you guys and we. We strive, we will bust our ass to make sure that we can bring you the absolute best content that we pro- we possibly can. So, and, and, you know, and that's why Reef is along, too, because we know that that he's the exact same way. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And like, it's not just I, I mean, it's like part of the content, but like part of it is also the perspective that we bring. Right. Like, it's not just, absolutely. Of course, like it's not just the news, you know, that you can get from every other site it's also the right. the perspective that we add to it which hey three black guys what up right right <laughs> yeah right. and and i think you know I, I take away some of the conversations that we had with uh cory rosemond right. uh, from plantronics right. with you with rich taylor at esa right. you know there were conversations in there that no one else was getting no there were conversations and discussions that no other i, I know Right. Without having to go through the content of everybody else's podcast or whatever that they did not get that we got. Right. 
and we will continue to do that because it's dope. Yeah, um, exactly. So let's dig a little bit into the show. I know we have some sure. anecdotal stories and stuff to talk about as well throughout the the, the time that we're going to be on 122. Um, but, uh, you know, you brought up a good point, Reef, about kind of having a bird's eye view of the show. There are things now that I'm still seeing that I didn't get to see mm-hmm. during the time that we were on the ground. Um, what were some of the kind of hits that you found uh, things that you really dug during uh, E3 week that you wanted to share? So one thing that I want to share, I didn't even see any footage of, but it's I'm so excited by the idea of it and by, you know, all of sort of the recaps that I read about it. Um, and that's Arkham VR. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so when they first announced it, I was like, wait, is this a VR version of the Telltale game? Or is this a VR version of Arkham Knight? This is like a whole new experience that's way more detective-focused than the previous Batman games. And it lets you play a lot of the game as Bruce Wayne. Um, Oh, that's So that you could, like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like a choice based game, but apparently you can go in and make choices to solve different issues. Like, yo, I'm gonna go to vigilante route. I'm gonna throw the suit on and go and go crazy at night. Or I'm gonna go like the Bruce Wayne route and like try to do it through like legal means or like using like my money and buying things and all that kind of stuff. So I was really intrigued by that because that's something that I've really, you know, wanted to see explored more in these games is like Bruce Wayne side of things. Um, and because most stuff in VR that, that like I've seen has been amazing. So it, it, it's rare for me to get excited about something that I, I haven't seen literally any footage of. Um, but it was written up by like people whose like views I respect and I'm real excited um, for uh, that one. So it's the Obama Trump simulator, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in VR. Yeah, exactly right. It was funny, so because like what most folks don't know, if you haven't gone to a con of these of this type, um, especially something like PlayStation Experience or E3, or I'm sure they may have something at PAX if they do. If Sony has a presence there, they basically give you this app that you can download on your phone, yeah, and then you can schedule your appointments for any VR based uh, demos or whatever. So it's nuts because as soon as it goes live every day, all the appointments in milliseconds go. Yeah. I tried to get into that, to that Arkham Knight thing and it was gone as soon as I tried to log in and it was like not going to happen. But I, but I heard the same kind of sentiment that everyone who, who had a chance to play it and got a chance to mess around with it definitely liked it yeah and they said it was probably one of the highlights of the show yeah which which was cool yeah now um out, out of the stuff that i've actually seen you know i was much more impressed by battlefield one than i thought i would be hmm. and hmm. i think part of it is one thing that i've missed since the bad company um days was sort of the like destructibility of the environments Mm-hmm. Like in those bad companies games, you could bring down like entire buildings and like and, yeah. and like I don't mean in that levolution kind of. Sk- sk- <laughs> I, I can't believe I actually said that. I bet I owe EA money right now, damn it. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, you do. But 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 no, I'm. I mean, like if you attack something enough in the supports, it'll come down. You know, mm-hmm. and like you could blast holes through like the side of walls and that kind of stuff. In this right. game, they really brought that back. Um, and, and, you know, e- even though it was kind of dumb to watch like Snoop and 
Jamie Foxx and all these other people be be high and play Battlefield. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, it was totally dumb the people that they got to like uh, play, but man, the footage I was actually really excited about it, and I was like, wow, this actually looks like kind of that bad company vibe um, coming back that like I was really expecting. Now I still expect the single player to be crap. Um, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I mean, they keep trying and they just can't, they just, they can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I was really excited by that. Um, I was also really excited by, um, by, by, uh, For Honor to be, um, which is another one that mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to be that surprised for because we saw a bunch of it last year. Right. But they got a lot more into like the different classes and, and like sort of how that interacts in the game and like the fighting s- dances. It's just a lot more intricate in terms of the melee combat that like I was right. expecting. Um, and it doesn't I don't know, it's it, it it's a newbie game, but it actually looks like it's sort of going out of the box a little bit f- f- for them. Um, so like I was really impressed by like a, that. And I also. On the Ubi side, I can't believe it, y'all. They actually kind of sold me on Watch Dogs 2. What? <laughs> yes. I, I can't believe it. Now, Watch Dogs was, you know, believable. that was my whack game of the year yeah. when it came out. <laughs> I I think I wrote it down three times in uh, different languages. If, 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 <laughs> you did. If, if I remember you right. Because was, I was so disappointed by that game. And this isn't only because the lead character is black. Um, though that did obviously get my attention. Um, it's more that, you know, they really made this game way more about hacking and, and they give you all these tools where like you can really hack your way th- through like a level. And like while like there are guns and like uh, that kind of stuff, it really seemed like that was not as much of a focus as uh, the original as the original Watch Dogs was. Um, and like Watch Dogs 1 was like also really hampered by, you know, the only way that like you could really kind of remote hack is like go from camera to like camera and like and like that kind of stuff. In like a, this game, you got drones. You have like these little things on on the ground, and like you could basically hack into. Well, they say that you can hack into anything. I doubt it's that, but like they did show the character basically basically being able to move any car that like that he saw. Any phone could be activated so yeah i mean i'm i'm not saying it's a day one purchase but i was thinking of just not purchasing purchasing it at all um right right and now i'm like hey i need to actually pay attention to this game because it it seems like they really did make this into sort of like the promise of um of the first game um and my last one you know is uh most definitely zelda um for a company that is only showing one game and kind of like ride or dying on like a one game. Um, I was really impressed by what they showed and not just like the trailer. I watched a lot of live gameplay footage. Mm-hmm. And one thing that the trailer doesn't show is how um, creative this game is in terms of really kind of letting you do things outside of the strict kind of format. Um, and by that, I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, the trailer is is, is going to show, you, you know, opening chests and floating 
But I saw people doing all kind of weird, like uh, I'm gonna shoot this thing with a fire arrow and then levitate it and then throw it over here. So like a a, a lot of kind of like the open world um, um, things of like I guess emergent gameplay, quote unquote. Right. Um, right. They really seem to have done a good job of incorporating that. So like I'm really excited. I really hope that you know that meshes in well with the story, um, because if it's just an emergent kind of gameplay game then i don't think it'll do well um but like, i do hope th- th- that they wrap a, a good story around it so th- those are my highlights um that i kind of saw uh see i know you had a bunch of stuff that you had on your list a bunch of stuff that you were thinking about um kind of the things you were like yo i got a chance to mess around with that or yo i got a chance to see that what are some of the, the hits that you had for, for E3? so um some of the things that i was able to play uh, you know unfortunately that, i mean that's part of the problem is when you when you're there on the floor and you have the ability to play games uh but you're working uh you don't have the ability to play as many games as you would like because the lines are long and and you you just kind of get them in when you can fit them in and uh a few games that I was able to fit in uh the first the first game that I was able to play was Titanfall 2 and uh, holy shit um you know Titanfall I loved um uh, but uh man Titanfall 2 takes that and brings it to the next level um, I was only able to play. We didn't. I didn't get a, a really long time with Titanfall Two. You may have gotten longer to play it with, uh, play with it than I did, Cobb. But uh, I really enjoyed my uh, my play experience with Titanfall Two. That I thought it was really dope. Um, uh, I got to play. I didn't play For Honor um, from Ubisoft, but uh, one of my favorite games from the PS2 era was Bushido Blade, and that reminds me mm. a lot of Bushido Blade. So I'm really excited for For Honor, and I, um, I you know, I think I'll, I'll wind up playing that kind of sight unseen, um, or purchasing it sight unseen. So uh, you know, and you saying what you had to say about Arif really kind of makes me feel okay with with going ahead and going ahead and purchasing it. But I did play Steep, which was one of the games that uh, was kind of a surprise from the Ubisoft uh, from the Ubisoft press briefing uh that is like a snowboarding extreme winter sports type of game where you can you know you got wingsuits and parasails and ski and snowboard and do you know do all sorts of stuff in the avalanche with the the snow and the people will come um the people the people will come they'll come and they'll play with you and stuff um, but, uh, sounds like a brothel, you know, the, the, the thing, the thing that was great about that game was, uh, just, just how open it was. And the fact that, you know, that it's a great diversionary game. It's a great game where people are sitting around and, and you're like, eh, you know what? I don't really want to play a shooter right now. I just kind of want to hang out, do some dumb shit and hang out with my friends this game is going to be perfect for that. It really, it really, really is. I wonder if it's going to be a, a full sixty dollar value. Mm. Um, but, but the time that I had playing with it, playing it, I really enjoyed that time. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see as we get more information. It's coming out holiday this year. Yeah, I was, uh, I, was I was really surprised that they ended their conference with it. Um, yeah. it looked cool though. And I can say that as like somebody that's not a huge fan of heights, 
I was feeling it during some of those scenes, like when they were like uh, going down the side of the mountain with like the wingsuit or whatever. I was like, I was like, I don't know if I can play this. Like, right. like it, 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 it definitely had that effect of uh, height and vertigo and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So it's they, you know, they've got a partnership with GoPro. So there is an active GoPro mode in there. The only thing that's missing is VR. Um, so, but I mean, with GoPro, basically, you're you're in a VR experience without it being a full 360 degree experience. Uh, per se, but it it was it was definitely a lot of fun, um, and very very open, um, and kind of weird. So um, that was fun. Um, the there were a couple of games that we were able to play behind closed doors that were really that were really fun. Drop Zone, uh, the game the game from uh, from you know our friends that we that we interviewed, Jason Coleman and uh, the crew. Was it? Uh, Skippity Studios, uh, shit! I really fucked. I fucked up their name, uh, um, but but Skippity Duda, yeah, Skippity Duda Studios. Um, but it, whatever the name of the studio is, Drop Zone is fun. Drop Zone is a lot of fun. I can't wait for you guys to actually. Uh, hopefully, they'll be uh, releasing some some extended betas uh, or or demos for for people to play. Um, but I can't wait for people to get a chance to actually play that game. Um, I think it really is going to take off. And then uh, I I played a bunch of indie games that I was really, really excited about. Um, one game in particular in Versus. Just, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we were all about uh, iDARP. This, you know, fantastic party game, really easy to pick up and play, a lot of fun. Um, this game, when it finally releases, I'm calling it now, will be the answer that, you know, whatever year, if, if, if it comes out in 2017, it will be 2017's iDARP. Um, this is the game where if you have a place like the 42 Lounge uh, near you, that you'll be able to sit and play and have a great time and, and put on a big screen and have people screaming and, screaming, uh, and having, having a great time okay. over drinks with um and uh yeah there were there were there were some really good games on the floor but those were the those were the, definitely the highlights for me i know there was a bunch of stuff that i felt was really cool i got a chance to play battlefield one um super excited about that game because i'm a huge battlefield fan um the one thing i was worried about is the kind of old going back to world war one are the weapons going to feel good is the movement going to feel good and interestingly enough the coolest part about that game is the fact that feeling kind of hunkered down in a lot of gear translates well to the way that they're trying to make the the kind of visual stylings of that game. So you feel like you're heavy when you're trying to mantle over some obstacle. You feel heavy when you're trying to run. You you don't move quickly like you would if you were a, a 2016 soldier as opposed to a soldier back in that time. The cool thing with the whole bayonet rush yeah. Is going to be cool to see how many people get stabbed up during the gameplay when it actually happens. Because I tried it a couple of times and missed every time. It was like Gears of War. It was. It was like it's like totally Gears, Gears of War. Yeah. It's totally when you tried to roadie run and like tried to stab somebody with your uh, with your bayonet or with your your chainsaw gun. Um, so that was a really cool thing. Um, let's see what else. Friday the Thirteenth, the demo that we got for that. Yes. Besides the really cool freaking interview that we got definitely check that out on the site we got 
a chance to see what everybody's been kind of wondering about, you know, people who kickstarted that game and who, who uh, participated in the Kickstarter were really wondering how's it going to look, how it's going to play. And it, it is the ultimate version of cat and mouse, which is yes. awesome. Yes. They gave Jason really dope uh, uh, powers, which uh, play themselves out in a way that both make him OP, but also make you smarter. So you have to kind of figure out your ways of navigating the map and trying to be quiet, trying to not be scared so that your fear doesn't give him more power, which was a really cool dynamic. Yeah. Um, so it was it was awesome to, to see that in person finally and kind of be super excited about that again. Um, there was a dope indie game that I got a chance to play. Huge shout out to Richard Lamarche. I'm probably saying his name wrong. It's Richard Lamarchand. I'm saying his name right. I always make it super French for no reason. Lamarchand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lamarchand, uh, who I love. He's a fucking amazing human being. Um, and we got a chance to play this, uh, this indie game called Clapper over in the indie, in the indie booth, which is an iPad game. So think of your iPad being in the center, center of a table. And there's an imaginary line between yourself and the other person. That's clappers the shit, by the way, that's on the board. And you're basically playing uh, a clapping rhythm game over the iPad while it's moving and uh, on the board. So it's like when the note hits the middle of the board, that's when you clap. Okay, It's dance dance revolution meets patty cake. Yeah. And it's, it was one of the most fun things that I got a chance to play during the show. And it really made like anybody who watched it or anybody who played it, you could see from across the room that they were smiling. That sounds super cool. Hard. It was really dope. Um, Lawbreakers was fucking awesome. It's the second time I got a chance to play it. Um, and C and I went head to head. I kicked his ass <laughs> on his side of the team the first game. He kicked my ass the second time on, on like the second set of games. Well, their team kicked our ass. I was holding it down. What's up with that, Nick Scarpino? We need to get you. We need to get you up with that, man. So Nick Scarpino right. of Kind of Funny was on my team. I'm sitting right next to him, and he's like filming for Kind of Funny, and he's like, "I don't understand what's going on right now. I have no idea what's happening right now." So I had to carry the team for Chicago and take it home nice. for for at least one at least one round, especially because I suck on mouse and keyboard, and that's a whole other thing. Anyway, but, but we we wound up. We were the law, right? And the law prevailed. The law won. Two, two, two games, two rounds to one. Pre- it's law breakers. Yeah. Are you saying that I br- is is that Bracago the city of law bre- of law breaking? It no, was for no, the first the, round. Yeah, the law won. <laughs> we we are law abiding citizens in Bracago. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. it was for the first round, and then the second round they fucking mopped us up. <laughs> we got yeah. mopped up. Um, so that was cool. Um, something that was really surprising actually was Madden. Um, cause I'm a Madden fan, but not a super Madden fan. Like there are people who ride or die with Madden and I've kind of fallen in and out of love with it. Um, shout out to Danny Pena <laughs> football. Um, but the best actually takeaway from the new Madden game is that they've totally revamped and changed their commentary team. Yeah. And that is a huge deal because the old team of Sims and the other dude, Jim Nance and Jim Nance was terrible for years. Yeah. So they revamped it, redid it. And that was actually really cool to kind of play, uh, play the game and hear the new, the new audio that they did for that game. Cause you know, the game is going to look good. It's going to play. Okay. Um, but it, but it felt very different because of the new audio that they plugged in there. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess I know we're going to talk about some shout outs later, and I don't know if I should say 
the stuff that I played in the shout outs part or should I do it now? Do you think I should do I, it now? I would do it now. Yeah, yeah do it now. Yeah, do it now. Well, it's on your head. Okay, cool. So huge shout out to Greg Kasavin. Greg Kasavin of Supergiant Games um, because I got a chance to play Pyre, which is amazing. We yeah. have an interview with him coming up soon uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll drop that when it's ready. But that game is so much cooler than even what I imagined before I saw the first kind of initial uh, information about that game. And it feels really cool. The art style, again, is really dope. It's something that, you know, we will hear more about that in the upcoming show that we have with him. Um, but my favorite, one of my favorite things that I got to do is I got to hang out with Zoe Quinn for a bit. Sweet. So I got to hang out with Zoe Quinn and see her new project. I can't talk about it. It's super not ready and top secret and I can't talk about it, but we got a chance to hang out and, and shoot the shit and, and chill and see her new project and talk about uh, how much she likes to rock mercy and overwatch. And like, we talked about overwatch for like a good 10 minutes about like how we like to play overwatch and like what our favorite characters were and stuff like that. And that, that was, that was a really good time. So to Zoe, I know you're out there. Shout out to you. You're fucking dope. I'm happy. We finally got to meet and chill and chat. Um, so that was, that was pretty much most of the stuff that I felt were really, really cool. There were some other things that were like the conferences that we kind of talked about. God of war was fucking amazing looking and all that stuff of like being in the room when all that stuff got announced and seeing people jump up and down in the, in the, in the aisles. (laughs) It was crazy. Nice. But it was dope. It was a lot of fun. It was, those are, those are the most of the things I think were really fun during the show. All right. So we, we talked about the, the good, um, we talked about the hits. Yep. Why don't we talk about some of the misses? Um, Reef again. Uh, you were you were away, and you were you know you were you got the ten thousand foot view. What were some of the things that you saw that you felt like missed the mark? Okay, so I first I want to add a little caveat. These aren't games. I necessarily the games might be bad, but I thought the presentation of them, you know, was was bad. Um, number one. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I can't believe mm. they only showed a trailer, like a behind the scenes right. kind of thing, for a game that's right. coming out real, real soon. And Mass Effect takes a long time to make. I gotta believe they have some assets together or something. I was really disappointed that that they didn't show. They were showing. They were showing playable demos behind closed doors. Okay. So so, but that's that's a double edged sword, right? Because. That means there was enough there for people to play it, but not enough that they were confident to show it to everyone. I'm just saying, at least show some in-game footage during the EAA conference. Like, I don't think that's too much to ask for. They kind of did, but not really. Uh, It was weird because, like, the sentiment in the room was like, that's it? Right, right. I I was very disappointed by that. Um, Mm -hmm. Also very disappointed, like, the same thing with The Last Guardian. Like, right. like yes. last year, they showed a whole gameplay of a whole level, pretty much. Um, and this time, they were just like, yeah, do you remember this? It's coming out <laughs> right. coming out in October. I was like, what? Right. You know, so, so maybe they thought that because they showed enough of it last year that they didn't want to kind of repeat or that. Or maybe there's really nothing to show on that game. Right. So this game, this game is coming out in almost almost a months. uh 4 months 4 months yeah. from today if you're listening to this on Tuesday 
Um, and we know zero about this game except for the fact that there's a bird dog and they have their own language. <laughs> I mean, dog. there's bird dog, there's black bird dog, shadow bird dog, laquan bird dog. Put some respect uh, on my art. Put some respect right, on my right. bark, son. <laughs> oh, right. Bird dog Jenkins and and you know, and they have their own language. We know nothing about this game. And and I will also say that I wasn't all that enthused with uh, the art style. I, I know that we talked about that with Jordan Minor, um, you know, earlier in the week, uh, last week. But uh, it it looked it looked very, you know, I'm not even gonna say amateurish. I, I will say that the art style looked like it wasn't benefiting from from being on the PlayStation Four. I'm still trying to figure out why people are excited about this game. If I, that's the one weird thing that I'm. It's because still, I still don't get it. Because you've heard about it for ten years, yeah. so it must be something big. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Go ahead. Go ahead yeah. Man. Also, um, Days Gone. Um, I was pretty. I, I mean, it's a survival game with a scruffy white dude, and they're zombies. True. True. The zombie hordes and the physics look pretty dope, but. I didn't see anything about that game that inter- interested me one bit except for that. So, you know, you know, them kind of saying that, like, this is sort of the next big open world survival post-apocalyptic game. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, as much as I love Kojima, <laughs> showing, showing that Death Stranding shit was completely unnecessary and completely silly and completely stupid. The, Wait, you mean you, you didn't get hype after you saw a butt naked dude? Norman look, Reedus? Norm, look, butt naked Norman Reedus? The, the, you didn't get hype? The only thing I like about that was all the memes of Norman Reedus <laughs> like just just like hugging random things and crying. That was the only <laughs> good That was one thing that I hate about these conferences is just putting up some shit for a game that's coming out in like probably 2019 or something. I, I call that, I call that, 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 that reveal the, the Michael Jackson earth song version <laughs> of a game. It was like the yeah. whole earth, whole earth is dying and I'm going to stand here and then sing about <laughs> it and be happy. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it was like, that's a move I would expect from Microsoft because like they kind of want to quote unquote catch up in the race. I'm like Sony, like y'all need to be throwing like, Wait till that game is closer to having something, man, to than like showing that. Um, yeah, so so yeah, the, the, those are pretty much the uh, the uh, big disappointments, I guess, that I had. There, there's like a few others, but like those are the ones that were kind of ranked on the top for me. Kyle, what what do you got? I I was sad that there was no Red Dead. There was a lot of discussion about Red Dead being there, yeah. and that did not pan out. That was a little bit kind of disturbing because I really want that game to drop. Um, Honestly, weirdly, the Microsoft conference really didn't do a lot for me. It was the retrospect. I mean, you were hyped when you came out of it. um, Yeah, I was excited because I was excited because I was like, they're doing like the the play anywhere stuff that I think is amazing. Like that's a technological leap forward in a lot of ways where we that's something that I was hoping for in the future. But the, the what it basically told me was to to hold up and wait a minute on all the stuff that I was going to be really excited about because I'm like, well, now I just might as well just get a PC. You just got me really excited to not buy your hardware yet. You said, hey, 
here's this hardware that we're going to put out that's going to give you all this cool stuff. But the real version that's really going to be dope <laughs> is not coming out anytime soon. <laughs> so I was like, that doesn't really make me feel good about your products right now. It makes me just really want to get a PC. Right. Um, interestingly enough, we both got a chance to play Agents of Mayhem from Deep, Deep Silver. Yeah. And... I I mean I can't speak for I can't speak for C. We're laughing because we had we had like some really black moments in the in this in this uh, demo where the gameplay feels good. So Deep Silver is doing like another version, kind of of Saints Row, but it's this kind of it's this cartoony kind of thing. I like the art style. The art style is really cool. I actually like the gameplay a lot. I don't know so far from what I played in that in that early demo how much staying power it has. But the one kind of weird takeaway, and it was funny because we talked about it afterwards and it would have been something to kind of bring up to the dev team that was there, but it also didn't feel like you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. And the black character who was in there seemed really, really stereotypical and not in a good way. You know what I mean? It was like this this is kind of black dude, big uh, kind of. A uh, uh, big bulky dude who's like uh, a sailor. He has like this huge uh, uh, harpoon and all this other stuff. And it it kind of felt a little bit like Med Pack motherfucker a little bit. Nice. And it and that didn't really feel good because it was just the same versions of stuff that we've seen. Like, which is interesting because the thing that they've done so well in the Saints Row universe was they've made you this every person, and this every person can be all these things where they've pulled enough memes and enough social uh, uh construct and enough uh kind of internet culture into the game itself that it never really got into the super stereotypical stuff it did but it also did enough of it that it mellowed it out an- across the board you know what i mean like everybody got enough of it that it didn't seem egregious when you heard it and this one felt a little bit rough and it made me not want to play that character as much because i know that there are more of them i know i know you had some thoughts on that on that too c yeah, uh, so um, that was definitely Agents of Mayhem was definitely going to be um, amongst my misses. Uh, so this game, again, it's Volition and Deep Silver, uh, the guys who brought you uh, most, if not all, of the Saints Row franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so Saints Row is known for being over the top, um, being ridiculous, and I think that with Agents of Mayhem, they were... They were trying to go in that vein, and they they were, but I think they stopped at stereotypical. Um, they stopped at like offensive stereotypes, um, you know, things that were funny thirty years ago, and that that is what you know. That's kind of where they they left it. You play as it's a third person shooter open world game. And the, the the hook is that you can switch between you get to pick three characters um, from the list of characters and you can swap between any of those characters on the fly while you're while you're playing a mission. And uh, so that, you know, they got typical white dude. They have the Spanish woman. Um, they have the big black dude and <laughs> the, the the white dude. The white dude is, you know, the white dude is re- regular, you know. Well, whatever. they had they had archetypes though. He right, was like right, the- yeah, yeah. He was like the everyman. He could do, you know, um, and then and then the the Spanish woman was a. She wasn't the range. She uh, was like persons. the nim- She was like the nimble class, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, surprise, yeah, yeah. surprise. Yeah. So. Um, 
But, you know, the things that the different characters were saying were very, they were borderline offensive. They weren't, they weren't blatantly offensive, but, but like, it's like, you know, damn, you couldn't come up with something a little bit smarter for this character to say, um, you know, like after playing the game for about 25 minutes, I was expecting to have an Asian character come out and say, ching chong, ching chong, ching chong. You know, like, I mean, that was that was basically where we were um, with this, you know, or miso sorry or something, you know, something, something really crazy. Yeah, it, it, it was it, weird. It, it was, was it it was really, really weird. And it was it, funny because so like the, the two characters that the reef, I mean, not reef, that see reference, like the one the one kind of white dude character was this guy who was like an actor or like in. Right. And, and basically like his his gimmick was like his special move was like. To do like, uh, uh, what's the guy who does all the explosions in the movies? What's his name? Bay. What's the director? Bay, Michael Bay. Yeah, he's basically like he's like Michael Bay reincarnate, right? Right. Which is kind of a funny thing. It's like that's yeah. that's kind of cool and it was funny. Right. The 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 Latin character, Latina character. I forgot what her thing was, but the, I played but, as her most of the time too, and I can't really remember what it was. Kind of, sort of. And the black character is like this big Captain Ahab dude who is the heavy. And he right. just seemed like it was a little bit trying too hard to right. go for the oh black exploitation version. Oh my yeah. And I, and I don't know. Like, it's uh, do I want to play the game? Yeah, I want to play the game. I still want to experience what that game is going to be. I want to see where I want to see how that character plays in my mind after I've had a long period of time with it. Because in a short burst, it didn't feel like the gameplay felt solid, but the mm-hmm. that one part of it felt really off. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was almost like fun Watchdogs. Like if you take all the problematic things from Watchdogs and and turn them down just a bit, because I think it was I think it was unintentionally offensive. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I don't think the people who I don't think the folks who were in that room when they when they when they thought or concepted that character out. I don't think they felt that it was probably as bad as maybe we did. Maybe, and right. maybe, and I will even say this as a caveat and say, I, maybe I am overly sensitive to it. Right. But I will say that I would want, I would love to have other black people play that character and tell me what they thought. Right. Well, I mean, that was the thing for me. You know, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, when we left, when we left that appointment, um, and you know, we were in the midst of running around when we finally had a, t- a second to, 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 uh, catch our breath. I kind of looked at you and was like, Hey man, what did you think of, <laughs> what did you think of Agents of Mayhem? And you were like, yo, I kind of feel like it was a little bit racist. And I was like, I kind of feel like it was a little bit racist too. I'm glad it wasn't just me, you know, right, like, right, you know, right, right. Like, because I, I had that same I had that same feeling coming out of the game that you did, where it was like, you know, maybe I'm coming through, you know, maybe I'm viewing this through a lens that's maybe a little too critical. And, you know, maybe it's just me. Let me find out from someone else that I right. know played and had that same, you know, a similar play playing experience as I did mm-hmm. and see if see if if they saw the same things that I saw. No, I I mean, it sounds like, um, I mean, I know you mentioned Saints Row at the beginning there, and I don't think a lot of people realize how difficult it is to do 
satire, satire. that does step right. into those boundaries without coming off right. as super offensive. And it sounds like right. that this was not a good example of that. At least not in the not in the portion that we played. Um, right, right. At, you know, at least initially, and maybe they can. You know, maybe they'll hear this. Maybe they'll get some of that feedback, and 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 we'll fine tune them a little bit. Um, and you know, and it's still early ish. Um, so they have an opportunity to kind of go back and and do some do some more work and vo work in the booth, and and maybe perhaps change. Uh, some of the uh, characterizations that they have for the verbal characterizations that they have for that game. Um, a game where there isn't time uh, for that type of stuff to happen is Mafia 3. Um, <laughs> that, that was that is another uh, miss for me. Um, and again, it's not because of the gameplay, because I, I feel like from a conceptual standpoint, I really love what they're trying to do with Mafia 3. 2K, um, I, I, I think it's 2K Marin. I'm not even sure which. No, I think 2K Marin is gone. Oh, okay. Um, well, whichever whichever group out of 2K is doing Mafia 3, yep. I really love what they're attempting to do here, um, where you've got this open-world GTA-style game where you've got to take over territories very much like Saints Row in that, in that take over territory to gain influence. And you have these uh, group of, you have these group of underbosses that you can, you can dynamically choose who's going to run what your territories after you, after you take them over. And, and, you know, there are pluses and minuses to each of those people taking taking a, a, a you know a territory over, um, and I really love that kind of give and take, the tug of war that they're presenting that they're presenting there, um, and and of course the character is a character of color. He's a biracial guy who actually looks biracial. Mm-hmm. Um, they did they did a great job with that. Um, he was in the Vietnam in the Vietnam War. He came back. He had an accident. Now he's wearing a CIA uh, Secret Service earpiece. That's an old school uh, uh, hearing aid, um, which I think that part is really dope. Um, all of that stuff is dope. But they spent a lot of time talking about the underbosses. Yep. And the underbosses couldn't be more stereotypical. You've got <laughs> you've got Irish McIrishan. Yep. Um, yep. Who who. Yep who stopped short of saying Bagara. Like that's how Irish he was. Um, then you have, uh, you know, John Vito Italiano, who, who I t- turns out is a character from a previous version. He was the protagonist from mafia two, right? Who is now an underboss in mafia three. And, you know, I didn't play a lot of mafia two, so I didn't really, get that reference so that, you know, they brought back the voice actor and, and that kind of stuff, but completely stereotypical. And then they have a new character who is uh Creole, but, but Haitian of Haitian descent. And, and she like either ran a brothel or something like that. But uh, you know, so you've got this, this Afro Cuban, Afro Caribbean woman in the Bayou. That is one of your underbosses, but all of them, are very very stereotypical, um, and that was probably that was the least egregious thing of the things that we saw in Mafia Three. Um, the the 
more egregious parts were just how not ready the version of the game that we saw was. Can I, now, can I jump in on that real yeah, quick? Yeah, go ahead, bro. Because, because besides the besides the parts that were all that stuff, and, and Reef just threw in that it was uh, Hangar 13 and 2K Check that, okay. are, that, are, that are doing this game. Right. It, um, the, the, the stuff that we saw in the demo did not look ready for prime time. Like, dude yeah. threw the most lo- oh underhanded, <laughs> bugged out looking Molotov cocktail out of his chest. <laughs> if, if Bob Lanier, if Bob Lanier was, was uh, a, a Vietnam vet. This is how he would, <laughs> this is how he would throw a Molotov cocktail. It was weird. So two things that bugged me out about the demo. One was all the the kind of uh stuff that C just talked about with the Irish McIrickson dude. And they gave the black woman who was like a really cool character with the crazy astigmatism. Her eyes just oh like my all gosh, off, yes. off, off in the way that it works. Yes. <laughs> but also, I have beef with Molotov cocktails. I don't in just in general right now. Because what every game you? now, it feels like you need to have a Molotov cocktail. And it was interesting because in this particular game, the way that he threw it made it even worse it at the fact that he had that in his arsenal. Because I was like, this dude is walking around in a big... This dude was swimming yep. and then pulled a Molotov cocktail <laughs> hot. <laughs> I, I, right. Yeah. On flame out of his yeah. out of his jacket. Come on, man. Like he ain't even. Uh, it's it's a weird it's it's a weird thing that I'm noticing now, and it's kind of annoying me that this is a gameplay mechanic that people use. That's 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 just all over the place. Yeah. It makes no goddamn sense. It's a Grand Theft Auto shout out, man. Like you got to have a Molotov if, if you're doing a realistic. Uh, that shit makes me so. It makes me so bad. That shit is like he just came out the fucking water. That shit is just like, hot. He didn't have to light the motherfucker. He just Wait, this shit just came out of his pocket and they threw it out of his chest like he was fucking Iron Man. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, yo, what kind so of shit is this? There's one scene where, um, and it, you know, and I'll, 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 uh, I'll come back from this, but, but one scene, he's in a riverboat and he's being attacked by all these dudes, he's fighting these hordes of guys, and there's a dude on the second floor balcony shooting at him. He goes to pull out the Molotov cocktail, and he throws the Molotov cocktail underhanded <laughs> to the second floor. Underhanded. Right, right. Like, like he's a fast-pitch softball player. Like, just underhanded. He didn't even wind up. He just flicked it. Yep. And it just went up to the second floor like 15 feet. I don't it's, get it. I don't get it. Yeah, so out. yeah, so um that part that part I could have I could have gotten away with. I could have uh let him go with that if it wasn't for the fact that this game is coming out in October. Yep. Right. You know, you know, so I mean this game maybe we saw an old build, but that that doesn't, you know, doesn't leave me with a lot of confidence in terms of how this game is going to look when it's time to play. The other part about this, and it's just a it's a commentary on gaming in, in, in general, but there was a problem. So this you know, the so the scene that they show in the in the in the video. Now, shout out to 2K, um, cause that that Mafia 3 booth, the booth that they had, and I don't have any pictures of it, but it was amazing. It was a New Orleans motif. It was really, really Really well done. Best it booth had of a, the show. Yeah, it was definitely by far the, nice. the best booth of the show. 
Um, and they had a, a Mardi Gras band that would come out every periodically and just play. Uh, so they bring us into a theater to show to show Mafia Three, and we're watching it. Um, the scene that they show to kind of show off the combat is uh, the main character on this riverboat to find the boss hog villain who's like an underboss and you go in there he takes out one dude that's sitting around now he's he's booby trap things the the riverboat at this point now is on fire and sinking and people people are jumping off this riverboat but we wind up in this casino inside the riverboat and there are like 50 people in there where the boss hog is telling everyone to be calm. Now, our our hero goes up and he grabs one dude and nobody notices that he grabs a dude and he takes him out. Then he's starting the fight and he fights to now try and get to the boss hog underboss character. And he has to go through like seven rooms full of dudes in this riverboat. Like, it's not a mansion. It's not like, you know, we're we're driving around town or anything. He's in a riverboat in these seven rooms <laughs> where he has to kill, like, 75 dudes <laughs> to get to the underboss. And I'm like, you know, at, at some point in video games, we have to be smarter about creating challenge for the player than just throwing mobs of people at, at you. You know, like it, it was just it was so unrealistic to the point where it was ridiculous. First off, how fucking big is this riverboat? Secondly, <laughs> it's on it's on fire and sinking. Yeah. So, like, what the, what the fuck are you doing there? Like, it, we've got to be smarter about the way we make these games. Here's a couple of quick things that, that are takeaways before we move on from Mafia 3 that I remembered. And it was interesting to kind of uh, poke back at this. This is a really cool, like, I am way less excited about the gameplay for this, but I think it may be one of the coolest stories that we've seen come out in a game in a long time because they have decided that they want to tackle these issues head on. Like, there were versions of the clan in there. There are versions of, yeah. I mean, there are are really some great things about this game with regards to race yep. and and uh the the location right. that make me super like make me disappointed about the things that are happening in the game cuz I still want to play it. Right. I still want to play it. And here's a thing that I remember. There was a brother who was doing the writing for this game and I don't know if he's still with Hangar 13, but I'm looking at the the their website now for their for their studio. And it is nothing but white faces in here. Mm. Right. That's an interesting thing. I don't know what the, the scuttlebutt is with that. I don't know if that brother is still there. We definitely want him on the show because we, we, I reached out to him earlier at GDC this year because I was like, this is going to be really cool. But that's going to be something to be really cognizant of, of how this plays out when the actual game comes out. I want to see what and how they treat this story because they're talking about racism. They're talking about discrimination. They're talking about all these things coming from a place where I am not expecting them to necessarily have the life experience to kind of have gone through any of those things or to kind of write about those things in a reasonable way. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt again. Um, My last miss really quick was Dishonored. Um, I Mm. thought Dishonored looked pretty bad in the gameplay, uh, Mm. but I'm super excited to still play it. 
the I think it was interesting to just see how kind of off and disjointed some of the stuff was. The animation seemed a little bit weird. And that was the thing that I took away from from that Bethesda part of the conference. I'm super excited for the other Bethesda stuff, but that was a little bit weird. I, I didn't feel the same way, but but yeah, but you did kind of, you know, you uh, doubled down on your sentiment on that one. But yeah. I didn't feel the same way about that game. F you. Um, anyway. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, so uh, there, there are usually some hidden gems that you will see during a show, during the week especially. Um, I kind of want to go around the, go around the horn and see, you know, what were some of the favorite kind of hidden things that you saw out in the, out in the space. Um, let's start off with you, see. Yeah, so um, a, a lot of the hidden gems that I saw uh, came out of the indie showcase. Um, uh, the, the, so the the mix and indie three, um, they really well not indie three, but the mix uh, and indiecade. Uh, did a great job with uh, bringing out some, you know, smaller development houses and, uh, you know, one and two person studios to show some great games. Like I said, Inverses was was so much fun. I, I thought, oh, man, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to play that for a, for a couple of minutes. And I was there for like 45 minutes. I just couldn't stop playing. It was so it was so much fun. Uh, Clapper, I got to play. Uh, that was that was fantastic. I've been I've been. Uh, banging the drum for Clapper, I probably told five or six different people since I came home uh, to go and play uh, Clapper. If you've got uh, iTunes and an iPad, it's available right now for two ninety nine. So definitely go pick that up. Uh, great, great game. Another game, which is you know from another uh, studio that we'll probably have on the show really soon, is a game called. 1979 Revolution oh, Black yeah. Friday. Oh yeah. Um it is about the 1979 Iranian Revolution, Iranian Revolution. Uh it's basically a telltale style game about the Iranian Revolution made by Iranians starring Iranians. Oh nice. Um, so that game is available on Steam now, and there's also a mobile version of the game. And uh, I think we'll wind up having uh, some of the guys that that worked on that game on on the show real soon. Uh, but man, I was like, when I, when I heard that, I was like, oh yeah. And I got to play. I got to play about five minutes of the game. Um, but and and it was it was really really cool. Uh, but I can't wait to play the rest of it, and uh, hopefully we'll be playing it really, really soon, and and then uh, we'll be getting the guys on the show uh, equally as soon to to talk about that game. Little known uh, Bercago fact: that was one of the first people that I was ever going to have on our show. Wow! Oh, Navid Conasser, I believe. Yes, yes, yeah. He was like one. I met him back at 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 a joint back in New York with with Sean Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are they're New York based, and so you know it was great to be able to see them out in LA. Another hidden gem was in that we reported on our friend William Cheer, who's making Manifold Garden. It was actually a write up recently. If you check out Polygon. Uh, I think it was Polygon. Uh, there's a write-up about uh, Manifold Garden. Manifold Garden is just a crazy... It's simplistically beautiful. Um, 
but as you're playing it, you realize, <laughs> you realize. Uh, hopefully, when he's when he's done making the game, there's a there's a hell of a tutorial in the game to kind of help you shepherd you through the game because you realize as you're playing it. At least I did that. That guy is so much smarter than than you are. Hell yeah! <laughs> like like, I think I'm pretty smart. But 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 clearly, as you're playing this game, you're like, fuck this guy. Like he just thinks on a whole nother level. Um, it's 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 really cool. It's really, really cool. I can't I can't wait for uh, for other people to play it. Uh, Manifold Garden is going to be going to be a, a really good uh, brain cramp type of type of game. And uh, the other hidden gem it's not really hidden, but it was a hidden gem for me. Um, was Lawbreakers. Uh, you know, I know Kai talked about it quickly, um, but, you know, I wasn't thinking, I, I'm not the biggest Gears of War fan. Um, I thought it was, you know, I, I can, under, you know, I appreciate the beauty of the game, appreciate all the innovations that they brought to the console space. Um, but I thought, eh, you know, it's just Lawbreakers is another bro shooter. Uh, and then I got to play it. Shit, is it fun? Holy crap. Is it fun? And they just do things differently. Lawbreakers is gonna gonna be a hit. Wow, wow. Boss Key is doing work. And Tramel, where the fuck were you at E3? <laughs> yeah, I, I really gotta try this game because everything I've heard about it has not really excited me at all. But people, right, that, but right. people that have played it are saying that it's really like really doing some different things, and I'm like. Yes. What? Because it does. Because 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 like because like everything I've read about it, it reminds me of um, oh, I forgot the name of that game that was about like getting combos and you like had a whip and I oh I know I forgot the name about. of that yeah. game but um Bulletstorm yeah Bulletstorm yeah, so, right, so, right, oh, right, yeah. right yeah right. so it just reminds me of that but I so like I need to play it because like I, I want to see what everybody's talking about. Yeah, the art style art style is very similar, and you know it's epic. So the art style is very similar to that's boss uh, key. Well, it is boss key, but I'm saying that it's Unreal Engine, Epic made Bulletstorm, so it's 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 the similar DNA. Um, so I can understand that, and I felt very similar to you, Reef, before I got to play the game, and I am completely converted nice. now, completely converted. So. Um, hopefully we'll get some uh, we well, we did actually already have some early access to to Lawbreaker Alphas um, and uh, hopefully that will will still be in line when there is uh, further alphas or betas available. So you'll get it. You'll finally get a chance to play it because uh, you'll be you'll become part of the converted too. I think I feel really confident about that. Word and reef. Cool. Um, so one game I saw it made a very brief appearance during the uh, Microsoft sort of indie showcase, um, but I know that they had a demo on the floor. Um, it's a game called Figment um, by uh, Bedtime IO, um, and it's a really cool um, kind of dreamscape kind of game. It kind of looks like a painting, and it's basically kind of like an adventure game. Like you're going around and you're solving puzzles, but it has like this musical theme to it. Um, there are enemies, but it seems to be a lot more kind of puzzle focus. Um, I played a little bit of it at, at a GDC and I know that they had a, uh, updated demo that they also, um, had at E3, which like I had a chance to play cause they sent me a build. 
um really really strong um game definitely if if like you're a fan of like kind of the old school overhead kind of like, kind of puzzle games it like really really works um kind of reminded me of like a cross between kind of like zelda and um i'm about to take it back uh the adventures of of lolo um uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if anybody uh is familiar with the adventures of lolo <laughs> yeah. but very very random and NES game, but but um, really really dope. Um, also, one game that um, I, I I'm surprised I didn't see a lot more coverage on this game um, called Absolver. I don't know if you guys. Oh, oh my yeah, God. yeah. I don't know if, man. I don't know if you guys got a chance to play that game, but everything I read about it is kind of like you know it has this dope like martial arts feel to it. There's like a whole bunch of like different like uh, fighting stances and moves. I love the um, art design. Like it's like it kind of like reminded me of like Brothers a bit um, in terms of the um, well, my art, and it like also kind of like has this um, this uh, k- kind of like emergent kind of multiplayer where like you can run into people and decide if you're gonna join them on like a co-op game. Um, so yeah, it, that that game kind of like really has me. Um, um, excited did did uh, you guys get a chance to uh, play that game at all no of that of all the things that i was dying to play that did not get to play that was one of them so we're hoping that we'll be able to make some inroads with uh the folks at devolver so we can get some channel on it okay yeah Yeah, and i also want to um you know throw in my hat on on manifold garden as well um it basically looks like some of these sort of mobile games that like I play where, where like I, you, you got to go up and down and around to sort of like find the entrance though in a much, much cooler kind of like higher fidelity way. Um, so yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to these, like, you know, like, uh, like a Escher style inception style kind of puzzles. Um, yeah. I love that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, I think that the, 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 those are some hidden gems. Uh, To wrap up on the hidden gem section, um, I have to say I came out of E3 so excited for Injustice 2. Wow. Hmm. I am fiending for Injustice 2. I want that game so goddamn bad because I I got a demo and it totally changes the way that you think about fighting games because it adds RNG elements to it. How, which is how does it do that? dope so basically you fight a fight and then after the fight you get a, you get a piece of clothing you get a piece of uh, costume or a piece of kit right so you get something that adds something to your stats oh that can make your character better and then also differentiate it from anybody else's character so like oh. if you have superman and superman has uh you you have your first round or whatever and you have your base stats you can get like a cloak or you can get like a cape and that cape will have like faster recovery or faster um um uh, more power or more defense or something like that interesting and it's a it's a it's a cosmetic uh part of your character so you will look different than other people's characters because the pieces that you put on your character will be tailored to the way that you want to play that character which is dope so that had me blown out of the water because i didn't i didn't understand it at first and i was like what are you gonna do how are you gonna add like pieces of the clothes to your thing to make you look cooler like it's not skyrim it's not one of those things but they totally showed it and it was super dope um a game that i didn't get to play but it was really cool to see other people play was bound 
from mm-hmm. the folks at Sony Santa Monica, which I was super excited about beforehand and even more after I saw it. It looks really pretty. We definitely have to get those folks on the show at some point. Um, I think Horizon was another one that even though we'd seen some of it before, seeing the kind of secondary parts to it were really cool. Of how I they was kind of, less than impressed about Horizon. Oh, I think I it's hard. Admit. I think it was hard too because they played Horizon right after God of War. Oh, yeah, and that yeah. did not show as well in comparison yeah. to God of War, yeah. um, which was which was another big deal. Um, and I think I think wrapping up like FIFA, FIFA actually yeah, with, FIFA their, with their story mode that they're going to have. Alex yet. Hunter, Alex yes. Hunter, yeah. is the journey go, is going to. I it, I may have to buy. A FIFA I might buy just, FIFA just too. Experience that. I, yeah, I was yeah. thinking that too. I've never bought a FIFA game. I was like, I might buy this. Just to yeah. experience that and see what it's like, I think that that would be really, really dope. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, yeah go back and uh, take a listen to, uh, I think it was episode 119 titled Sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, Sports. Where, yeah, where <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can listen uh, to my interview with uh, one of the game directors for, uh, for FIFA. Um, so I guess uh, we're about to get up out of here in a minute. We have two two more segments. One of them is about what what is it? Shout outs? Why do we want to give yeah. people shout outs? That's not something we do on this show. On this show, we, we never give shout it out. All right, shout it out. Who do you want to shout out? Um, that you got well, you know, so E three was dope. E three, the experience of E three was, you know, actually being there, being on the show floor, running into the people, having that first twenty minutes of of E3 famously uh was was amazing but really what what gets my juices pumping and what gets me excited for next year is the people that um that I've met digitally but actually got a chance to hang out with it, you know a lot of people make the analogy that E3 is like summer camp and it really was like summer camp and uh you know there are a, a few people that that I would be remiss if I didn't take the time to on the air thank them for um both uh shepherding me through and uh for for just allowing us to have a great time and and being able to experience each other's presence in in there um first off uh Andrew Augustine uh aka Uriah from the show Radio what's up uh Marsha from Mommy Gamers uh Tony Polanco and and uh, Emilio Lopez and Chris and everybody from the coalition and the Throwdown Show, um, you, you know those people were dope. Your boy Sterling McGarvey, um, he really he really uh, took us under his wing. I really appreciate that. And then last but not least, um, of course, our big brothers in the in the podcasting space, uh, Danny Pena. Peter Toledo and Paris Lilly, um, the the Gamertag Radio crew, um, they they really they've they've looked out for us. They've looked out for Bacargo for years, um, and 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 this week was no exception. And and we uh, we got a chance to hang out in the studio with them, and and it was really dope. And and we we hung out with them basically all week. If you listen to a lot of <laughs> if you listen to a lot of our footage. Um, it, one, if not all of them is, uh, is, is in, is in a lot of the stuff that we did and it's, and you know, it's all love because those dudes, are, those cats are, 
genuine Bracago residents, man. You know, exactly exactly what you would expect from somebody who hails from Bracago. So, uh, you know, shout out to all you cats, man. We really love you and really appreciate everything that you guys did for us. Um, me real quick, you got most of the good shout outs out of the way. Yeah. They're all good shout outs. I'm not gonna say yeah. there's lesser lesser shout outs. They're all they're all great. Um, but those cats, everyone that you named, um, big shout out to Zoe Quinn again. Um, yes. I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to to, to come and, and have me come through and come chill and check out your new stuff. I'm super excited for it because it's going to be real fun and cool. Um, Rich Marchand, um, who I love, that dude is amazing. We had a great yes. conversation. The cool thing about E3 yes. is you get to be around people who are fucking smart and who really love this business and really love uh, sharing ideas. And we sat down and we didn't really talk about games much. We sat down for like a good 20 minutes and just talked music mm-hmm. and just talked about, you know, I let him hear some stuff that I do on my phone. And he was like, oh, that's dope. And I was right. like, that's f-. like those conversations about stuff like that are what make the show um, what it is. Um, shout out to everyone over at Epic. Um, yeah. Shout out to, to DK. Yes. And to all the folks behind the scenes who run everything over there, shout out to Rohan over at Boss Key. Um, and shout out to the folks that are kind of funny who are really nice in person. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you don't think that people are going to be dicks, but they're, you know, you always think that they are going to not have time to be nice to you, right. <laughs> which is a weird thing because people are just like that sometimes. But they were awesome right. and fun. Um, it was really nice to see Michael Block from We Are Chicago show his game. Oh, did you did you see him? Yes, he was in he was in the indie booth. Yes. It was oh. nice to see him give a demo <laughs> to game over Greggy to Greg Miller. Yeah. That was cool. I like ran over to him and gave him gave him a quick hug and was like, This is gonna be big for you. This is awesome. Um cool. so it's little small things like that that are great. And uh shout out to Andrea who is amazing, who I love. Right. And all uh, shout the- out to Jeff Canada. Oh yeah, Jeff Jeff was yeah, dope yeah. for for chilling and, and jumping on stuff with us real right. quick. Yeah. Uh, which was always awesome, and he gave us he gave us some love. It was it was real dope. We were chilling the Bethesda, Bethesda thing, yeah. and he like literally ran over. We were talking to Chris Waters, yeah, and uh, <laughs> of Gamespot, and he was like, "Hey guys," and it felt awesome because yeah. it's like people that you look up to. Oh, best shout out goes to Lupe Fiasco. <laughs> Lupe Fiasco what? gets the best shout out. And I, I just I just made a new a new one because he played me super hard when I tried to get an interview with Lupe Fiasco <laughs> when he was trying to yo I got bodied like nice. I I usually don't I usually don't say that I got bodied or got knowed real hard when I try to hit somebody up for an right. interview I got the dopest no that you could ever get on a planet I shouted him out I looked at him he was playing Street Fighter Five I gave him the look of like hey. Can, can I get an interview? I had like my mic in my hands and he gave me the look like I just shitted on his lawn and didn't even have the paper bags to clean it up with. <laughs> and he looked at me and he didn't even give me, the, he didn't even give me the dope like no, like you cut your, you know, you cut your own throat and you're like, nah, I don't have time to do it. He literally looked at me and shook his head up and down in the slowest way possible and it was like, I mean, Mm-mm. I mean, I, I mean, he was in but the wait. middle of playing a game. No, he stopped, son. He was in the mid. He wasn't. He wasn't playing. Well, he was contemplating then, his next moves. Well, peep this out. <laughs> peep this out. This is what he's made, a champion. This is what he's the J.R. Smith of Street Fighter Five. Here's, here's what made it even better. There was a cat that came around the corner who was from Yahoo Esports. Now, mind you, Yahoo Esports is bigger than us, right? right. You would think they would get an interview. He rolled up on him and was like, I'm sorry. He's like, uh, Mr. Fiasco, which is a terrible thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Fiasco. 
I think he said Mr. Fiasco or Lupe. And he was like, he was like, Lupe, we see that you're doing a whole bunch of stuff in the in the esports uh, side of it. You're doing a lot of Street Fighter stuff now. We'd love to snag you for two minutes for an interview really quick. He looked at this man and said, you know what you can do, my man? You can look at me play Street Fighter Five, and you can absorb all the stuff that's going on right now. And you can write about that. What? Wow. Wow. Son. That's an anti shout out. That's that's a that's I a, yeah. I took my microphones, put them shits back in my pocket, and walked the fuck away. <laughs> I was like, I, I it was like it was like I had it was like the sixties when I had a I had a man placard and I needed to walk away. Mm. Like I am a man. <laughs> I walked away from that from that shit with the quickness because I was like, Lupe, that was fucking dirty. Don't do that, Lupe. That's whack. So, yo, th- so yo. basically, this is me saying I'm challenging Lupe to a fight on Street Fighter Five for oh. an interview. There it is. There it is. Um, one more, one more shout out. Um, this is quasi controversial, um, but I want to say shout out to uh, the one and only hip hop gamer um, okay. who was yo that cat was ubiquitous at E3. I'm still trying you know, to figure out if you use that word right. Who me? Yeah. Uh, he was everywhere. That's what ubiquitous means. Just, I know words, bitch. He, he was. So, I'm, uh, I'm, omnipresent. Was was. Yes, he was, he was. He was. He was omnipresent. Thank you. Um, um, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, but 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 the the thing the thing about it is. I know that philosophically we, you know, we have some differences on the way that we cover um, news. Um, but, but I, you know, I've said this to him on Twitter. I'll say it here. His grind is dope. It is, an, it is inspirational because everywhere we turned, he was there and he was getting interviews. He was doing things. I was doing stuff for Operation Sports and I had to wait. Until he was done doing interviews and playing games <laughs> with game directors, yeah, so that I could get my interview, and we're the you know we're the largest sports video game website in the world, and I had to wait for Hip Hop Gamer to do what he what he wanted to do. We finished playing Lawbreakers, and Cliff sitting in the in the lobby, and we was gonna sit and talk to Cliff, but we looked. Who was talking to Cliff? But HHG. Yeah. So he was like, oh, well, we got to go. Yo, son, do do the damn thing because you're doing work, son. You know, mad props to you. Enough respect to you, yo. Word. Enough yeah. respect to the one them called Ip Op Gamer. What the fuck was that? That was awful, awful, awful everything, son. Let me son. find out you have fucking reggae Tourette's. What kind of shit yeah. is this? <laughs> anyway... Yeah, enough respect to him though. Yeah, yeah, his grind is fucking his grind is crazy. I think we should have him on the show just to talk and just bullshit. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. So before we get up out of here, what did what do we think about next year? We talked a little bit about it with Rich of the ESA, who had a, again a great a great time with us. Um. What do you guys think about next year? What do you think about even you know we we talk about internally our coverage of E3 next year and how we're already kind of thinking about that stuff. But what do you think about the the show in general? Go on, see. Oh, okay. Um. So. You know, I don't think about E3 next year. I think about E3 two years from now um, because that's that's where we're really going to see because we're really going to see where the direction of E3 is going. I I know a lot of people um, going into the show and a lot of people that are veterans of the show 
um, had some less than positive things to say about where the show was and where the show is headed, um, considering that EA pulled out and Activision didn't have a presence on the show floor. Disney pulled out, um, you know, so I think that where where the show is two years from now is is really going to be the telling part. Um, my experience of being in L.A., shout out to downtown L.A., who, which is uh, like 1986 Times Square. That place is depressed, which is where my hotel was. That shit was bananas, man. Um, it, it really was, it really was something else. Um, the, the, but LA is a weird place. I know that LA is a good place for a lot of folks because uh, a lot of people in the games industry are either in Southern California or in Northern California. So, uh, they don't have to change time zones and stuff like that. But I think in terms of actually getting around and doing things and, and not having to spend hundreds of dollars on Ubers, um, that New York would be a better place oh, man. to have E3. The cost would um, be crazy. You know, the hotels would be crazy, son. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that they would be much more crazy than LA. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I, I just, I don't think that they would. Uh, I looked at it last night. The Javits Center is actually bigger than the LA Convention Center, um, so that you you could actually host. E3 in the you know in the same space as it were and actually make it even you know slightly bigger about 10% bigger than it than it currently is um the the other thing the thing that I think about the most is we were trying to get like we were going to see uh Friday the 13th the game and that was off site maybe 10 blocks away from the convention center and I was in an Uber. It took me a half an hour to get there um, because there was traffic and all sorts of other things. Now, there's traffic and all sorts of other things in, in New York all the time. You know, don't get me wrong. But there's also a viable public transportation and subway system in New York City. And that is the thing going through Manhattan that would make things so much easier. Um, going from press conference to press conferences, you know, some of those places were miles and miles away, you know, a, a $25 Uber or a $40 cab ride away from where, you know, where ground zero was for, for, uh, E3, uh, those types of things wouldn't happen in, in Manhattan or in New York city. Even if you had to get to Queens, like if, if like Bethesda, was in a uh, television studio that would be much easier to traverse than it would be in in uh, LA. I know a lot of people talk about Vegas, uh, but I think Vegas has the same a similar problem with uh, with traffic, and they also have 115 degree heat. So nobody wants to sit around and try and go two miles in 115 degree heat, and it takes two hours. Have it in New York. Hell Don't no. have it in New York. Okay. That's a horrible Hell idea. No. Have it. Terrible. Though I think you could have it in Chicago. But yeah. the convention center yeah. is huge. Yeah, it's it's the, the largest convention center in North yeah, America. Yeah, the the, the yeah the uh, public transportation is a great. It's it's good. It's, it's not. Great. It's great for a convention where like you're just flying in and going to the center. You know. Sure. 
I'm I mean it's great for like if you're visiting there and you're going to like the main area of the city, right? Right. Um, and you know it's a major hub, so you you know you can fly there from it for, for, yeah. from anywhere direct, pretty much. That is true. That so. is true. And it's yeah, it's not it's not the. I mean, Chicago in terms of one of the things that I love about living in Chicago is that it is centrally located, so that I don't have to cross you know cross the country to go from one place to the other. I just basically have to half the country. <laughs> have to half the country. That's a techni- That's a technical term. Oh my god! I'm sure that's what oh the pilots say. Yes. Yeah, yes. We're going half. It. I'm going to half. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple of quick uh, things before we get up out of here and hit the social media business again. Thank you to everyone who shouted us out during the week. Thanks yeah. to everyone who rolled up on us with good things to say about the show. Shout out to the people who we weren't able to see and hopefully we'll be able to see them soon. Um, you know, it's always a weird thing where you kind of have expectations. You have hopes that you'll be able to see people, but the right. show is so busy that, you know, it's always going to be madness trying to get to see everyone. Um, but I will say that everyone who rolled up on me and I'm sure I probably see as well that knew of our stuff and knew about our work, were really excited and happy that we were there yes. and also we're excited about the work that we're doing. So yes. again, that stuff is just paramount to, to kind of just getting ourselves in places and being face to face with folks and also doing really dope shows like this one. Um, so we're about to get up out of here. See, can you bust out the social media business for the people? Uh, yeah. So uh, before I get to the social media business, I want to say uh, a special thanks to Drobo, who sponsored our E3 coverage and is sponsoring our post E3 wrap up. Uh, so listen, you know, your uh, storage is very important. Uh, you you want to make sure that your storage is secure. Uh, all of the stuff that I did this this past week for E3 went directly to my Drobo because I knew that it would be safe there. Uh, you guys want a Drobo uh, in your home, whether it's a mini, a four, a 4D, a 5D, a 5N or their eight or 12 storage, eight or 12 bay storage uh, uh, solutions. Get your discs. It doesn't matter what type of drive it is. They don't have to match. You can throw a, another drive in there and it'll figure out all the storage for you. Go to drobostore.com and put in the promo code SOM100. That's SOM, like spawn on me, 100 to get $100 off your purchase of your next Drobo uh, and tell your friends about it. Thanks so much, uh, Drobo, and uh, go to DroboStore.com. And uh, our social media business is as follows. Uh, you want to find us, go to Twitter and and put in at Spawn on Me. You can find the show there and you can find the rest of us there. Uh, you want to check out the site and all the coverage that we had over E3 and any of our past episodes. You can go to spawnon.me or esn.fm slash spawnonme to find all the information there. You want to send us an email, go to spawnonmepodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email, leave us a comment. Um, if you want to find the show, go to iTunes or NPR One or Google Play or any of your favorite podcatchers. We're there. Um, if you're on iTunes or someplace where you can leave a review, 
please leave a review. Please rate us. Uh, it means so much, and it does so much to help our show. Um, and additionally, um, I ate really well with waffles in the morning at my hotel. Shout out to Stay on Main um, in in downtown LA. Um, but if we want to go to further stuff, you want to help us out with our Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me, uh, a dollar will do you and, and it will definitely help us out, uh, to get equipment and get to places, uh, from here on out. Um, before we boogie up out of here, um, we had some really dope growth on our Facebook page. Like we, we did pretty crazy uh, amounts of growth in the past week yes. due to due to coverage and due to, due to stuff like reefs live live streams and things like that so we're we're almost at i believe almost 3700 likes on our page sweet. on our facebook page which is sweet um yes. so please check that stuff out because we want to be doing some more stuff and we're thinking about doing more stuff with facebook live for conferences and for coverage and for stuff that's our additions to the show already uh proper uh, again, if you want to check out any of our E3 2016 coverage, there is a link on our homepage at the top in the nav bar. It'll give you basically a rundown of all the shows that we did uh, during the week. Uh, we have some cool stuff coming up with Greg Kasavin as well. We have an episode with him that we're going to drop soon. And we also have some other stuff that we want you to kind of get involved with as well. Feedback. Please tell us stuff. If you do like all the stuff that we did during E3, are there things that you wanted us to change? Are there things that you wanted us to do better or worse? <laughs> all that good stuff makes us better uh, and it makes the show better for you. So definitely uh, shout us out at all those social media channels. And um, we will see you here next week. Uh, we will have another dope episode for you. And we will say peace. Peace. Hey.